Open your eyes, you'll see Cinderella's castle. Feeling hungry, it's okay. Over there's Casey's Corner. When it's hot outside, the shops all have aircon. It's okay if you cry. There will be no shame. Main Street, I want to be with you and live my dreams through you and live in Wonderland, Wonderland, oh yes. Main Street, I want to be with you and live my dreams through you and live in Wonderland, Wonderland, oh yes. Hello and welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. Uh, as usual, I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined with three of the finest men you'll hear on any podcast called Diz After Dark. First, Prince, uh, uh, well, Princess Podcast, Joe Ryan. Good evening. Uh, the Duchess of Podcasting, Mr. P. Does Paul Washington. Good evening. And His Royal Highness, Mr. Dolan. <laughs> Good evening, subjects. <laughs> I have to say that because you know Amber will be listening, so you know I want to make sure that she she knows how much we love Mr. D, and not the D. That's a different thing completely. Must uh, know how much we all love the D. Oh, God, I'm not going to talk about that in the news, but those awful T-shirts that have been trumpeted around Disney World. I'll take you a ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as bad as that punch up in Disneyland. Have you seen that? Oh, well, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. That's a bit more exciting. But uh, how are we all doing, gents? Doing okay. Good. I think. Doing all right. Just about. Just about. Mm -hmm. Good. I mean, P-Dubs is not talking about his injured foot. No. What have you done, P-Dubs? Sunburn. We won't go into... Uh, I fell downstairs. (laughs) Uh. And I hadn't been drinking. Oh, it's even worse. Yeah. He was playing Action Log and he fell down the stairs. He was listening to a log song, fell down the stairs, alone or in pairs, um, and, and that's what happened. So just be careful on the stairs, people. Um, look, before we... I know Mr. D's desperate to open his drink, but I've got an announcement to make. Um, quite a big one. It's going to shake this very podcast to the core and, and the network, really. It's an announcement I wasn't really... Um, expecting to have to make but i'm gonna to have to do it anyway next drinking coke well Shirley pepsi it's, max it's not actually you're not as far away from the truth as you think because ginger pep i am now in day 10 no i'm giving i'm bigging myself up i'm now in day eight of not drinking cherry pepsi max oh, wow. i've given it up i've given it up in fact i've given up all soft drinks um, all diet drinks, everything. I've been living on pretty much water for the last uh, for the last eight days, um, except for the occasional drink. So that said, I just wanted to apologise in advance because obviously Pepsi share prices dropped dramatically since then. Although I've been using my Soda Stream a lot more, so that's now owned by Pepsi. So balance is out. But what's everybody drinking, Mister D? Let's start with you. I have an ice cold bottle of Magnus. It's a P 
pear cider. Yeah, pear. Pear flavour. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah, because, oh, if I could get the top off, there we go. Cheers. Princess, what are you having? I've got water. I'm being boring as well. <laughs> I didn't say I was being boring. Fair enough. Sensible. I think sensible. 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 Uh, P dubs. Uh, I'm not drinking, but I have got a Coke ice pop. A Coke ice pop? How much yeah. are those things now? Because, I mean, I, they used to cost like 10p, and I'm, I swear my corner shop is now charging 50p for one. I don't know. We buy boxes of them. Oh. So, so American listeners, because I'm pretty sure they do an American equivalent, um, we have these liquefied pieces of plastic. Well, they're pieces of plastic with liquid in them, and they're fruit flavored or they're cola flavored or whatever. And you put them in the freezer, and the idea is that they turn into like a kind of ice cube, long ice cube, and you open the top and you just, you know, crunch it, suck on it, whatever. It cools you down on a hot summer's day. Uh, we call them ice poles or freeze pops. Um, so I'm sure there's an equivalent out there because you live in a big country, it's very hot. So. Fair enough. That's a little bit different. I don't think we've ever had one of those in the history of this podcast. That's good. <laughs> I am now going to open the most disappointing sounding drink in the world. Oh, actually, I didn't make too bad a noise. Um, I'm drinking a can of Brewdog Indie. Mm. Brewdog Indie. So I bought a crate of that and it's, it's going down very nice. Uh, for those concerned, it's vegan. Yep. No, me neither. I, it, but it is. So, you know, if, if that's what you're going for, uh, it's a vegan beer. So, chin chin, everyone. Cheers. Ah. Right. So now we've opened the drinks and we're on our way. Uh, Shall we start with uh, the latest news on the parks? The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys to find great prices for your next Disney holiday as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations. Contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention Diz After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. And with that said, has anyone got anything they want to kick off with? I've got to talk about Epcot. Well, I mean, you're, you're more than entitled to. I mean, when I said kick off, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that fight that kicks off. But we'll go with Epcot. <laughs> we'll go with Epcot. Yeah. Um, just uh, so over the last couple of weeks, I guess, since we last recorded we found out a lot more information about what's closing at Epcot. I mean, basically Disney have just have been kind of confirming a lot of the rumours. We've got um, the pin station, the camera shop, um, Club Cool, Electric Umbrella, I believe. Um, Starbucks we knew as well, Interventions as well. Um, all of which are closing this year. Some are coming back. Oh, and the Founders of Nations as well. Mm. Uh, some are coming back others aren't so you, the pin station I believe is being moved to the camera sh- uh, shop 
yeah. for temp- temporarily at least. Um, the art of Disney is moving to the American Pavilion because I don't know. Um, Club Disney's Cool American, I suppose. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Um, Club Cool apparently is coming back in some capacity, though they haven't said in what that would be. Um, for in, in my opinion, as much as I love Club Cool, I think you've got the three-storied Coca-Cola place in Disney Springs, and it could probably go there. I've got to be honest, like when when they announced that Coca-Cola place at Disney Springs, one of the few shops I didn't go into actually, I did think what is a need to have Club Cool and this massive Coke store? Oh, there's absolutely no need. No. So um character spot is also going basically everything in Future World is closing and being reimagined as part of Project Gamma. So the Hulk, the Hulk. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got it, we got it straight in there. Um, so yeah, the other big rumor is that Spaceship Earth is going to be going through it through a refurb, though that hasn't been confirmed yet. So it is in desperate need of a refurb. So it wouldn't surprise me if Disney confirmed that D twenty three next month. Do you know what Spaceship Earth needs? Jeremy Irons. Well, that that, but I was thinking more along the lines of. A Phineas and Refurb. Mm. Are we not not having that? Not having that pun? No, no. I, I actually think they'd be a good addition to it, if I'm honest. You could have them talking you through and kind of like a little bit more sane than it is now. I know that would make yeah. Ryan hurt inside, though. Bring, bring in Stephen Fry. That's who we want. <sighs> I, you know what? I... I I mean, I heard this discussion on Theme Park Trader the other week. I would, I think if I was choosing someone, I'd go for uh, Richard Iwadi. That's a good shout as well. Uh, he's a new Stephen Fry. Yeah, that is a good shout. In a lot of ways. I'd be up for that. Yeah. yeah so I, I guess big changes at Epcot. I mean, some of these are going in September. Others are staying until kind of the end of November. So I think... Electric Umbrella, um, Mouse Gear, Starbucks uh, is are all going to be open until the end of November, um, but pretty much the rest, I believe, are going to be gone in September. Well, they never mentioned Mouse Gear. I quite like Mouse Gear as a shop, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if Disney have officially confirmed it, but the rumour is that it's going to be going late fall, just for a refurb. Mm. Oh, Mouse yeah, Gear is my favourite yeah. shop on property, so... I hope they do something with the fountain. That's, that's coming back. Oh, that is coming back. Yeah, so if you, yeah, look at the, if you look at the concept art, there is going to be a new uh, fountain in play. But mm. yeah, it is a big blow. But I think if you look at... Because I was like, what the hell? How could they do this now? Um, but if you look at some of the fountains that are in play now in certain theme parks, I think um, if Disney go for the new tech that goes into these things... It could mm. be quite stunning if they do yeah, it right. Could. But yeah. but then Chapex is going to be cutting corners and probably putting, uh, you know, Phineas and Ferb's Fountain Journey in, into play. So who knows? <laughs> Sorely missed. Sorely missed. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, seeing all this news, I, I you know, my heart went out to you, Ryan, because I knew it was going to affect you more than anybody else on the on the team. Um, I mean, it has, but. I'm looking forward to it. 
I was going to say, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, sometimes change is good. And I do think, especially, you know, considering its name being Future World, it's, it's like one of those unfortunately named things, a bit like Tomorrowland. Yeah. In that once it stops being the future, it looks very dated. Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots of, there's lots, I have lots of great memories in Future World, you know, Electric Umbrella, Interventions, the the mythical um, aircons hallway, that's all going as well. But at the end of the day, an empty hallway full of aircon, while it brings back great memories for many people, it's an empty hallway and no one's giving Dizzy any money. So you can understand from Dizzy's perspective, it's definitely time for a change in Epcot. I just hope they don't cut corners. I hope Project Gamma, the original vision, is the only piece of concept art we've seen in like the last 10 years it actually comes to fruition. Let's hope it's not another um, Toy Story Land, because if that's the case, then Future World is going to suck balls. Mm. I think we'll find out, D23. Well, hopefully. Hopefully, we will. The problem I've, I've got with the attitude towards things like you know as i said i'm not someone who loves epcot as much as you do i know this would really resonate with you probably more than most of us that's not to say that none of us care it's just that you know with epcot being you know your park it's it's going to affect you more um and the thing that really annoys me with disney fandom especially disney theme park fandom especially is that when Disney make these changes to parts of the parks where no one really cares or they don't actually go and see all that often, when I make a change, there's this big uproar about it. Yeah. You know, we saw this with the, um, the theatre on uh, Main Street in Disneyland the other week. Yeah, because yeah. they reverted it, didn't they, at the end? Yeah, where they turned it into a shop. Um, yeah, and they turned it back. Yeah. Now, they don't do that if something's busy. You know, they're not going to close down Frozen Forever After tomorrow, or whatever it's called. What's it called? It's called Frozen Forever yeah, After. Yeah, Frozen Forever After, okay. yeah. Um, they're not going to close that down tomorrow because they think they'll make more money with a gift shop if that ride is busy. That's not how this works. They will look at real estate in the parks and they will decide, is that... You know, is that taking guests away from other stuff? Is that being used? If it's not being used, what can we do to get guests in there or part them with their cash? I mean, I've talked about on Discover DLP, the fact that in Disneyland Paris's main street, when it first opened, there was a car shop that sold all like kind of car memorabilia. And I'm talking, this was 1992. So we're talking way before Pixar. We're talking just normal toy cars, uh, license plates to stick on your walls, all that kind of stuff. And they had these vintage cars from the turn of the century in there for sale. Now, at first, you're like, that's quite a, you know, a neat idea and it's something a bit different and it was something the other main streets didn't offer. That shop lasted about three or four years in that guise because that is prime real estate. And people aren't going to a theme park to buy a 1910 car. No, exactly. And I think, 
you know, you look at interventions, and I have great memories of interventions as a kid. Um, none of the things that I did as a kid are there now, but you know, you, you think about Colortopia, and you go, "Oh yeah, that was cool to do," but that's the way that people talk about it. But like, that was really cool. I don't say it is really cool, and I love doing it every time I go to Epcot, and that's the problem. Mm. If, but Disney are to blame as much as the guest. Interventions for me should have been that place that always has the latest tech. So you can go in and try out the VR technology when that when it is like up and coming and it's there right now. And Disney just couldn't be bothered to to spend money to keep people in interventions because there was never anything new. Yeah. And that's why it's going. You know, it's as much as Disney's fault as it is, you know, the guest. The guest can't help it if the if the experiences aren't updated and updated. And I think that's where as a kid, interventions whether that is true or not, as a kid, interventions always felt like, oh, they've got the new Xbox that I can go and try, or they've got this cool game that I can't play anywhere else. And next time I would go and they would have something new. And it hasn't changed in years. And, and you can understand, okay, what if we remove this and put um, an attraction in, if we move this and put a meet and greet in, going to make guests, guests happier. Oh, well, I'm not being funny. They had, what, Epic Mickey, Disney Infinity. They had these franchises that they were trying to you know make a really big deal about and yet where could you play them where could you like see this for the first time and and have a go and think i need to go home and buy that or i need to go to a shop and buy that on property yeah well even the vr um, yeah even the vr star wars experience they choose to put that in disney springs rather than interventions in epcot which seems like a better place for it i think I mean, the only reason why possibly is that would be a paid attraction. Yeah, I guess that is the thing. Um, but then you could have had a little Star Wars shop at the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I meant more for the fact it was a paid attraction. Yeah. And if you put one paid attraction in, how's that going to resonate? Because you know you paid to get into the parks. You paid for all these attractions. Well, we're paying for another experience. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would like to see. It's not going to happen, but interventions in my mind would, um, would really have shined if it had become like the World's Fair, like almost like a permanent World's Fair. Mm. That's that's what uh, interventions. That's how I always saw it in my head. And over the last 10, 15 years, it's just they just let it die, and it's a shame. But I, I, I hope. The vision for Epcot at D23, you're either going to get a very happy podcast from me or a very angry podcast. Um, I hope that the vision is there and I hope that they've, they've, they've captured the original idea of Epcot outside of just putting a few new um, old-looking logos in place and then putting characters everywhere. Yeah. But we'll see. I think, you know, the jury's still out. Um, but I think everything that's closing or moving as much as as an old school Epcot fan, it's a bit painful. I think it's probably the right thing to do. Anybody else want to add to that? Um, again, sign of change. The merchandise has started to appear for the last ever Illuminations Reflections of Earth. don't know if you guys have seen any of that. It sure has, yeah. Um, I mean, I can't, I don't know why, but I just assume that there'd be, 
I don't know why this thing, but better stuff basically. Like it's not particularly great, is it? It seems to be fairly standard, doesn't it? It's like there's like an adult, couple of adult shots, kids shot, hat, some kind of cop. But they look boring. They look boring. The visuals aren't particularly great. Oh, it's the one with like Mickey Mouse, like a an odd looking Mickey Mouse, isn't it? And like a yeah. Illuminations torch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I was over there between now and then, I'd be buying all of it. But I'm not. I'm not particularly blown away by the design. They just yeah. know that they know it sells, though, don't they? They don't really. They're not putting the yeah. effort in anymore. Yeah, I think yeah, that's right. probably what it is. Yeah, shame. And then the new, uh, I forgot the name of it now, but the new Japanese restaurant, I think that's opened up now. Looks, uh, food looks quite nice. Takumi Tai, is it? Takumi Tai? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Takumi Tai. I'm not, I'm not particularly, uh, I'm not yeah. 100% sure. I didn't watch Tim Tracker's vlog. Although no, I, I thought what was quite that. interesting is this has this restaurant has a dress code. So they ask you to wear shirts and slacks. That um, means I'm never going there. Well, well I wouldn't it, worry about it. it. I wouldn't worry about it because Tim Tracker was there in a T-shirt. Yeah. In uh, opening day. So either it's because um, he's on the on the Disney PR payroll um, or they're not actually enforcing their own dress code. It's one or the other. Um, yeah. I'd be very surprised if they were just flaunting the rules just to let somebody with uh, a YouTube it's following. It's more of a guideline than a rule. <laughs> well, I suppose it depends on who you are, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was a, a little bit cheeky to make a big thing about it being a signature and, you know, this, that, and the other. And um, yeah. Yeah. First place you've seen is wearing a t-shirt, but there you go. That's yeah. not for me to decide. It looks interesting. I mean, it's it's not cheap. It's pretty expensive. Um, I don't know. Is it on the dining plan? I mean, it's definitely a signature level restaurant, but is it on the dining plan yet, or is it? It hasn't it officially be. opened. No. It doesn't Maybe. open officially for another week and a bit. Yeah. I think they're taking reservations next week, I think, but yeah. I just wondered if you'd you'd heard. I'm assuming it will be on the Dana plan. I would have but thought yeah. so if it's sat in Epcot, yeah. Yeah, it looks good, looks interesting. Another restaurant in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I mean Epcot's getting what the space restaurant soon as well is opening this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all that de- rehydrated stuff, isn't it, we were talking about last time? Yeah, yeah. I reckon that's what you're going to get for, like, $40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I- I'd give it a go. But um, yeah, I haven't seen the prices yet. I say that, I haven't seen the prices. So that uh, It's pretty expensive. They've got, yeah. like, a chef's table option as well, so you can, Ooh. You can plus it up. Like Hell's Kitchen. Even more. Yeah. Hold on, if you're the chef, who's cooking my dinner? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there is that. Um, Yeah, I I suppose we'll we'll have more confirmation on that once it does fully open. 
because there's P Dub says yeah. it, it is technically in soft opening, although I don't think that's a reason to let someone in with a t shirt. Sure. Um but um yeah. Yeah. Was there um anything else about Epcot in particular? Or did we want to P dubs did you uh did you have something you wanted to uh share us? Yeah, not not something massive, but uh all the uh internal buses have been revamped um to now include the faces of Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, Daisy Duck, Goofy, and Pluto. Um, still the same buses by the look of it. They've just had a new skin like the, the monorails do. Um, I think some of them have, have got USB chargers as airports Yeah, well. that's what, what I'm just looking at. It says the buses also have new blue seats and laminate floors, plus select buses include USB charging ports between the seats. That's other than that... <laughs> that's becoming quite a popular thing I'm seeing that pop up more and more I and mean, it makes sense because you know nearly um, all mobile devices now are connected by U- USB aren't they yeah yeah. you know I think the only things that probably aren't are video cameras at this point some of those still have a proper power pack but otherwise most of your mobile devices um, like smartphones and stuff are just USB powered, so yeah, I think that's pretty cool. These buses. Hmm. Um, I've not yeah. seen them, P-Dub. So, are we talking the modern Mickey or the more traditional? Looking? No, the more traditional versions, um, and they're all color coded as well to the characters. So, Mickey's yellow, white, red, and black, uh, as is Minnie. Um, then you've got Pluto's is green and yellow. Um, not seen the Donald ones um, and the Daisy ones they've not pushed them in but I would assume they'll they'll be blue yellow and white um, or in Daisy's case possibly pink or something like that but no they've not shown those ones yet hmm. um, but yeah all all coloured with with their faces on the on the side kind of opposite you know where the the second doors open so they're kind of on that bit um, as to where where the faces are positioned, so yeah, they look quite nice. I quite like the look of them. The only only thing they haven't done that a lot of places are doing is is put Wi-Fi on the buses, which yeah, is a, a that bit would, of a surprise. It's that's the biggest thing I think that they needed because that on the kind of on bus journeys is when I'm kind of making tweaks to my plans for the day or changing my plans for the next day on the way back to the hotel or at least wanting to anyway. Um, so I think it's a bit of a shame that that's not included. Well, it's, uh, it's a massive time, isn't it, really? I would mean, imagine so. Buses are the one place they should be sticking Wi-Fi. You yeah. know, I, I get, you know, why they have Wi-Fi in the parks, but all that's led to is everybody live-streaming everything. But on a bus, you're on there for... You know, hopefully around ten minutes, but let's be honest, probably twenty to half an hour uh, most of the time. So that's time when you are going to be wanting to check your email or go on Facebook or you know look at what you're going to do in the parks of the day, or even yeah, exactly playing your fast passes, whatever. Um, so it would make more sense for them to be on the buses, but I suppose it's different technology, isn't it? 
as I understand it, <laughs> Wi-Fi on public transport generally is actually like 4G. It's converted into Wi-Fi, so yeah. Now, I I actually had an argument with someone. Uh, I'll say okay. Let's say discussion with someone on Twitter about these buses because they said, um, let me see what they said. I'm not going to say who it is, but um, they said that these new buses ruin the storytelling of the Disney transportation system. I mean, they're right, actually, Ryan. I mean, I'm surprised Disney haven't actually tried to make a feature film about the, the backstory <laughs> of the Disney transportation system. Well. <laughs> yeah, it was. You haven't obviously heard the, heard the latest announcement about Scania, the movie. Well, no. I, I thought it was an April Fool's joke, so I completely <laughs> ignored it. A late one at that. Yeah, so they said, what, what is Disney transport? How old is it? Was it always this way? You mean Disney has its own transit system? Stories are meant to provoke questions deeper than, yay, the Mickey bus. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's just a bus with a Mickey Mouse on it that's taken me to a theme park. Yeah. Yeah, what story has it told in the past? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we know that Marvel obviously released that comic series about Big Thunder Mountain. Maybe there was yeah. one about the Disney buses that I just missed. Maybe we've missed it, yeah. Maybe we've completely missed it. Maybe John Lasseter on his on his way out was in pre-production on Disney's buses. You know, the next spin-off in the Cars franchise. Yeah. We'll never know now. Is it going to be about the amount of crashes that they have? <laughs> it's ain't the kids, of course not. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, well, as I said, that's that's or, or going back to what I was saying earlier, that's the problem I have with this Twitter quite often is that people will just pick the most mundane fights to have because they just like to troll. And speaking of fights. Yeah. So let's talk about it because I mean, my wife this evening said, Oh, you're not going to believe this clip. Of course I didn't have the heart. So that that was probably about the 20th time I'd seen that clip today because it had been shared absolutely anywhere. Um, and it's this family having a fight in Disney's t- Mickey, or sorry, Mickey's Toontown in Disneyland. Of all the places to have a fight, I mean, it's the worst place, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I think a small world would have been worse. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. Top there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely top five. Um, it, it's just incredible. I mean, I would say to you, you know, if you're interested in it, just you know, have a have a search around social media, but you've probably already seen it anyway, because if your videos all to play like I do for me, then you'd have seen some of it at some point today. Um, it was just absolute carnage. I've never seen, thankfully, I've never seen a proper fight in a Disney park. I've seen I've people been there last weekend, where didn't they? I saw the, I saw the Disney Park. Oh sorry. Yeah, of course. You've never been to a graduation wedding in Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Never been to Walt Disney World with me. Don't get too many others in the in the wedding pavilion. (laughs) It's I've seen people get heated and I've seen people shout and you know kind of get a little bit aggressive, but nothing like where punches have actually been thrown. Um, I mean, we saw spitting. 
We saw hair pulling. We saw a woman fall to the floor for absolutely no reason. That so like at this point in the fight, which is quite early on, I I'm literally laughing a lot because she's gone down quicker than Ronaldo. Oh, I mean, absolute comedy dive. Points for effort. Yeah. Um, and, then, but, and then it starts getting serious. Yeah, I was going to say, similar to you, that, that was the reaction I had to it. Like, at first, you're like, actually, this is like just quite funny because it's a little bit of a... Co- it's not it's not quite up there with um, the Bridget Jones punch-up with mm. Hugh Grant and Colin Firth, but it's not that, not that far off. Um, but then it starts getting serious and you've got, you know, men punching women in the face and tucking at hair and... Um, and there's kids. That, the worst thing is, is not just the kids around. Obviously, the, the place is full of kids because it's it's Toontown. Um, but their own kids are there. At one point, there's I think two babies in a buggy that just get pushed away, like a scene from The Untouchables, um, to kind of get them out of harm's way. Um, another kid gets dragged away by someone, like a I believe a bystander, um, just to kind of get them out of of the action taking place. And I mean, how long was the clip? About four minutes. Yeah, yeah it's about four minutes. Quite a while. Goes yeah. on a bit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And in that time, you know, you you got a few Disney employees kind of try and diffuse the situation as as uh, with, with as as much um, less interaction as possible, just kind of almost trying to get in the way a little bit rather than actually physically try and stop anybody. And then security show up. Uh, it wasn't the police, though, was it? It was just security. Just security yeah. Um, and what I, I like, you know, the kind of video ends with people kind of starting to walk off a little bit. Now, what I've since read is that police were obviously called and police got there. And due to uh, lack of cooperation, no one got arrested. And in fact, no one got ejected from the park. Well, the thing is, because um, they're all part of the same family, so they were like, no, we're not pressing charges against each other, obviously. Um, so they were like, okay, well, we can't really do anything. But you think it must be a crime to have a massive punch-up in front of other families, surely. Surely that is a crime. Well, even if it's, yeah. not, even if it's not considered to be a crime, that's grounds to dismiss you from the park. When you enter yeah, I mean, a park, a public place like that... There are rules and regulations, isn't there? there? There's terms of you going into it. We never read the small print, but you know some of that is about behaviour. And if you're abusive to staff or if you're um, aggressive or showing violent behaviour, they can remove you. Well, Disneyland have actually put out a tweet. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen this, but they've said um, it's actually pinned to their profile, Disneyland Today at the minute. Um, in response to guest concerns regarding the alter- altercation at Disneyland, any type of violence is inexcusable and will not be tolerated. Those involved were immediately removed from the premises and turned over to Anaheim PD. Hmm. Okay. But, I mean, the response was too late, let's be honest. Yeah. I think... I, I want to say in Orlando, the response would have been quicker. Now, who's to say that's is or isn't going to be the case, but you've got sheriffs dotted around pretty much outside every park mm. in Orlando. I don't know if that's the case in Disneyland. I'm assuming it is. Um, we also don't know if any of the guests, quote unquote guests were cast members um, under undercover, which does happen. Um, <laughs> who knows? But 
the other thing is like there's no security and the cast members that were actually there are obviously they're just obviously not allowed to touch guests so they're pretty much useless in that scenario yeah i mean a lot of people are having a go at the start of the staff for for not doing more but yeah i mean they do they're not gonna risk getting punched in the face are they well i i remember when i used to work in a supermarket you know we were always told if you see someone shoplifting call security um do not try not to get involved yourself because yeah. you know when someone's doing something like that you know more often than not that they haven't got anything they're just trying to steal some food or whatever um but some you know they might be they might have a concealed weapon you don't know and you are not paid danger money to do that so we was always told not to um i did on a couple of occasions have to help out once dressed as father christmas which was quite funny um but you know that was what we were told to do don't be a hero don't approach people you know don't get physical um especially you know it's bad enough here but you know in america where everyone wants to sue somebody for something um you definitely don't want to kind of get involved in that kind of altercation so i accept that yeah you want somebody to do more but the people that you're blaming are doing what they are told to do yeah and and as you said i think then they're not being i mean they're barely being paid uh, uh they're not being paid enough as it is they're certainly not being paid to uh stand in the way of a, of a punch so you know the i did like the i think it was one of the security guards it just was like calm down <laughs> like yeah. well done sir well done it's it's himself. Himself. it shouldn't really laugh i suppose it's not really that funny but <laughs> can't help it on youtube there's a couple of really funny comments it said damn this must be the new part of Disneyland everyone's been talking about. Ghetto Wars, Hood's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody else said, how did this lot actually manage to organise a trip to Disneyland in the first place? Uh, I just, just, just Panama. I've never seen a family crumble like it. Well, actually, probably except mine. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it, it was absolute chaos, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, they've not put... They've not put the ticket prices up enough for people like this to still afford to go, have they? <laughs> Touche. Yeah. I'd, 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 I'd go for that as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is what it is. I mean, look, you know, violence isn't funny in the majority of cases. Um, <laughs> don't laugh about this. But I mean, no one wants to see that in the parks. It shouldn't obviously go on. But the parks, if they, if they haven't got the right, you know, level of security in there that's what's going to happen there's no getting away from that so we'll have to see um if you know this leads to them increasing you know more presence in the actual parks i doubt it um but let's be honest i mean it's it's a rare case isn't it i suppose it is yeah to be fair it is yeah yeah it is Right. Did anyone have any other stories from the parks? Can't top that one. Hmm. I think it's been quite, quite, I know because D23 is coming up. Uh, I think some stuff's being held back. But it yeah. does seem like it's quite a, a quiet period for news at the moment. Right. So with that done and dusted, let's look at the news outside of the parks. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. 
For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit hhnunofficial.com. And I think we've got to kind of start with some sad news. Um, this is not somebody that I was that familiar with their body of work because of, of what they've done for Disney. Um, but Cameron Boyce died yesterday at the age of 20, which is absolutely no age at all. Um, he had been the star of um, Jesse on uh, Disney Channel, which I've caught little bits and pieces of. I, I couldn't tell you anything about the show other than that. Um, he was more famous for being in the uh, series of Descendant films that Disney had been knocking out for the last few years, which, uh, for those that haven't seen them, is the, the films where the, the children of famous Disney villains um, basically go to the um, evil magic equivalent of Hogwarts. So it's all with like princesses and princes and uh, and evil people. Um, again, I've not really seen those. I think my daughter's watched at least one of them, but it's not really been my cup of tea, so I've not seen them. And I know that there's a the third instalment of that is uh, is due for release in August, which I don't think is they haven't announced is going to be. Um, affected by this or delayed by this um, I think they were just getting ready to do the premiere of it in the, in the next coming uh, weeks um, so that's still going to go on but uh, yeah I just I just thought we should we should mention it uh, he had a, an epileptic fit it looks like in his sleep so I, I didn't know I don't know if it was well known about him having epilepsy i think he had a particular type of epilepsy which was um more high risk but um you know epilepsy i'm, I'm sure people uh, known people with it or live with people with it and you know it's, it's not a very nice condition to have anyway but this is the the, the tragic side of um a condition like that in that it actually uh kills you so uh, yeah, I, I thought we should mention that. Has anyone here seen any of those films? I think we're probably the wrong demographic, aren't we? I've no, seen I... bits and pieces of them when yeah. I've been in Disney hotel rooms, mainly because the Disney Channel has been on. But I've never sat down and watched a whole of a one of them. No, no, it's very sad. Um, it, a little bit close to home because uh, Donna's epileptic. Um, I didn't tell her that's what happened to him, so and I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, he, he yeah he did have a, a more severe form of it than than what she's got. But yeah, it's just um, it's shocking, isn't it, when something like that he's, he had. I think from what I gathered and from the clips that I have seen, he he had quite a, a bright acting future in front of him. So it's a real shame. Yeah, and and that's it. I mean, just because it, it wasn't someone that we are ourselves are familiar with that's a whole generation's you know one of their their more popular actors yeah you know yeah and that's that's what makes it really sad is you know regardless of what you do 20 is no age no anyway 
So you know, it, it's just uh, it's just a real shame. But yeah, I thought we should we should kick off with that um, before we hopefully move into more happier <laughs> happier things than um, than that. Um, did anyone have anything they wanted to to kick off with? Okay, I'm quite happy to go. Um, it's been confirmed another addition to the Disney Legends Awards this. The 23 Expo, Christina Aguilera will be added as a Disney legend. Um, For what? Well, she was in the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she also uh, did one of the songs from Mulan. I mean, let's be honest. That is not um, worthy enough to get an entry by itself. Like, Mouseketeer, I think, okay, you can kind of see it. But one song for Disney is like, come on. Well, it's not even that, right? Because... Like, firstly, when we like say Mouseketeer or whatever, this was like the new Mickey Mouse Club. This wasn't that yeah. traditional, you know, long no, no, no. famous one. She was a Mouseketeer for like a very short amount of time. So that's the first thing. Secondly, while you were absolutely spot on, uh, P Dubs, I think it was Reflections, wasn't it? She sang from Mulan. Yes. Yeah. She sang it over the end credits. It's when Disney started doing that thing of they would have, you know, it was very common in the 90s wasn't it where they would reprise a song you've just seen in the film but still is now artist yeah yeah, I mean it's it's like giving Demi Lovato the the status for singing Let It Go and being in Sunny with a Chance in fact it's exactly the same to to be fair a comic timing in Sunny with a Chance was actually pretty pretty decent in what I saw don't get me wrong I I did quite enjoy Sunny with a Chance but that's not the point (laughs) <laughs> that's not what we're saying here it doesn't make you a legend I, the thing is you look at that you look at the roster of legends that they have and we kind of moaned about it a bit last year and sometimes you go well yes why is this person not there already but then you get names like this you think why are they even there at all yeah just I mean Robert Downey Jr I think is going to be um We'll be honoured as well. Uh, you've also got um, John Favreau, James L. Jones, and Bette Midler as well. Like those, I mean, I don't think it's just an age thing, but you can see why some of those, I mean, if it wasn't for Robert Downey Jr., you wouldn't have the MCU. Uh, oh, same with John Favreau. I was going to say, like, it, that was that was a, a twofer because it was that combination. Like, I don't, mm. I don't care what you, you know, I'm not saying because he played Happy Hogan, but the fact is, John Favreau made Iron Man. Any, oh, in anyone else's hands, that could have been possibly better or much worse. You, we've got no idea, but he helped shape that start of the MCU and turn it into what it was. Now, you can also argue that, you know, Iron Man wasn't a Disney film. Was it just, was it just as they... It was just after they bought Marvel, wasn't it? They bought Marvel in two seven. No, it's before, I think. Yeah, the no, first... the first two Iron Man came out before Disney had actually yeah. bought it. It wasn't, wasn't until the first, the first Avengers. Film. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, no, they just I, bought it. I know Iron Man was was Paramount. The the first two Iron Man films, in fact, all all of them up to um, the Avengers were Paramount films, weren't they? Released as Paramount, except mm, for the Hulk. Mm, Hulk I mean, was... 
Universal, obviously. They are, they do, with this year, they do seem to be going with um, a bit of a theme. So it's basically Lion King, um, Marvel, or uh, Mulan and Hocus Pocus. (laughs) That's the theme, unless you've been in Imagineering or, um, yeah, so even like Hans Zimmer, Lion King, um, Iron Man was involved in. You know, it does seem a bit of a theme this year. I mean, Bette Midler's done an awful lot of, you know, not just Disney properties, but, you know, she made films with Touchstone um, oh, and yeah, yeah. stuff. So she's got quite a connection with Disney. And obviously Hocus Pocus is one of those films that didn't do, really do very well when it came out, but, you know, has, you know, run the test of time. Like, it's still popular now. Um, I just recently saw it for the first time. I don't know why, but it is. So, fair enough. Um, James L. Jones, disgusting why he's not been in there before. Yeah. He's the only person in The Lion King they wanted to bring back. Which I think speaks volumes, really. Considering that nearly everybody that made the first Lion King is still with us. And yet he was the only one that got the call. Yeah, uh, there are some good um, some good candidates in that list. I'm not sure Christina Aguilera quite fits in with the others, but there we go. Hope she warbles her induction speech. You know, like kind of like <laughs> she likes to do because she has that weird way of singing. I hope I hope she uh, makes a little pun. She's like, looks like I'm a genie out of a bottle now. Oh, don't don't give her ideas. I don't like, I don't, like get the hell off of my stage. <laughs> I don't I don't like dislike her. I just don't think <laughs> her worthy right. of that. But then she's saying that Yeah. I mean the thing is, like I say that, but you know, I also I, I still follow wrestling. And you know, still the place you want to get into is the WWE Hall of Fame. And if you mm. look at the idiots they've let in that place, I mean look, Trump is in that Hall of Fame. So, I mean, that's not a barometer of, um, you know. How much did he pay to get into that, though? Him and, him and uh, Philly Mac are buddies, aren't they? So, yeah. nothing. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes just who you know, isn't it? Rather than how deserved you are. Uh, but that's interesting. Thank you, P-Dubs. Mr. D, did you have anything in particular that stood out for you? Um, no. Nothing beyond sort of part news, really. Um, no, we're going to go. We're going to kind of do a bit. Go back to the parts a little bit, anyway. But um, I thought we should, um, or I'd kind of give you some updates on the box office, as I it seems to be a thing that I'm now doing. Um, Toy Story now has done 651 million worldwide which I don't know if that's surprising or not. Oh, it's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did call it out, didn't we? It's really crashed out, that one. Yeah. It's, um, it's ranked number two in the Toy Story series. It's number six in, in the Pixar list, though. Oh, wow, that's quite surprising. It's, well, it's not uh, finished its run yet, though. No, no, no. But The Incredibles 2 did... This is just... Uh, Domestic, but uh, Incredibles 2 did 608 
billion dollars. No, $6.8 million. Sorry. Um, and it's Toy Story 4 is at 306 currently. I don't think it's going to beat Incredibles 2, especially as Incredibles 2 had that stupid opening of like $180 million. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what's a shame, right? You look at that, you look at the, the top uh, grossing Pixar films. Number one's Incredibles 2. Number two is Finding Dory. Number three is Toy Story 3. Number four is Inside Out. Five is currently Finding Nemo. That's going to be overtaken. It's only Toy Story 4 is only uh, 33 million behind. So I'd overtake that quite quickly. Um, But, I mean, Incredibles 2, bloody awful. People have just been waiting, waiting so long for it, haven't they? Yeah. I didn't mind it. That was a thing. I think it was a little, um, it was pretty much the same as the first movie, but I didn't mind it. I, no. I didn't dislike it at all. I think it's, no, um, I don't think it's the worst Pixar film. But I thought, I thought Toy Story 4 would be at least up there with Incredibles 2. I, I mean, I, I, I guess, is it, is it because of what else is out at the same time or, you know, are people I think... kind of bond out on, on movies at the minute? I think it costs a hell of a lot to go to the movies now. Yeah, I think it's a combination, if I'm honest. I think it's a little bit of, and we've all said it on here, because I think I'm still the only one that's actually seen it here. Uh, I know you saw it, didn't you? What's that? Toy Story 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you enjoyed really it, didn't you? It. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I saw it for the second time yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, we took our son to see it. We went to an autism-friendly screening. And I actually enjoyed it a lot more the second time than I did the first time. And I think because I knew what was coming, but I knew the expectation when I was seeing it for the first time, things didn't, some of the things didn't make sense, especially in the beginning. I couldn't work out what they were doing. So once I knew what was happening and I rewatched it, I enjoyed it a lot more. So um, I I do really like it actually. I really do like it. Um, But I think it's, a little bit of the fact that a lot of people say we didn't need it, we didn't ask for it, we didn't want it. Why do we Why do we need to see it? I think there's that. Even though it's had good reviews, I think there's that element of it. Um, you've got Aladdin, which has done phenomenally well. Yeah. It's had a really long run. I mean, we were talking about it being a, a bomb. We thought that was going to be Disney's like, big live-action bomb. Um, and that has had a lot of legs that's lasted incredibly well. Um, and I think the competition that's out as well, the new releases, um, which we'll, we'll go to in a minute, because although it's not a Disney film, it is an MCU film. Uh, and yeah, number one at the box office this week was Spider-Man Far From Home. Am I the only one that's seen that? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it, hopefully this weekend. I mean, it's it's brilliant. It really is. Um, I know Mr. Ripley saw it, and he said that he thought it was better than Endgame. And I think he he might have a point in some ways. I think Endgame. I I love Endgame, and I think it's pretty much a masterpiece in terms of. Um, bringing together a series of films like that. I think it's masterfully done. 
that Spider-Man is more fun. I think there were so many stakes in Endgame and so many things they had to resolve and characters they had to manage. This feels like fun. And it's got some nice twists and turns and you don't know where it's going. So it's not like a simple story either, but yeah, I, I think it's... Um, I, I, I really, really enjoy a lot more than I expected. To see. I was looking forward to it. I, you know, I went to see it opening day. I was looking forward to it, but it, it it's really good. Um, so it's had a, a huge opening as well. Um, 180 million in its first... 185. It's been open for five days at this point because it opened on a Tuesday. Weirdly. <laughs> I don't well it was the it was the it was for Independence Day, wasn't it? So films generally open just before that. Um and it smashed the record for that and it's had excellent reviews. So I think it's gonna be uh, a film that keeps delivering. Um the next few weeks look a bit quiet in terms of releases. And the next big film we've got is The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know it's going to be a massive hit. I know, and, and Donna wants to see it, so I'll probably go and see it. But it will be massive. It'll be huge. It'll hit a billion. I'm seeing it opening night. Yeah, I'm seeing it. I'm only seeing it opening night because they're showing it in 3D opening night. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bothered. My local cinema, if it ever shows anything in 3D, you have to go and see it there and then because they'll probably only show it for a day or two before they make it all 2D again. So. Yeah, I'm going to go and see it, but I'm not. I'm not looking forward to it that much. Who knows? You could be pleasantly surprised. I was with Aladdin. It's got a good yeah. cast. John Favreau. It could. It could. It could work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abby Hogan again. It's, it's not going to be terrible. It's going to be. It's going to be at least okay. At least good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be awful. Um, I just wonder how different it's going to be. I'll tell you what is awful though. Build-A-Bear Workshop have released their uh, Lion King range of toys. They look awful. They really look poor. I like the way that Ryan's just getting up Build-A-Bear Workshop to have a look. They are quite... Yeah, literally, that's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) They They are special. I mean, some of them aren't too bad, but some, Timon and Pumbaa, are horrendous. Simba looks okay. Mm. The rest of the line looks dodgy as hell. Mm. They look like, considering how much Build-A-Bear charge you for those toys. I don't know how much those ones are, but I mean, yeah. you're looking about 20 quid, 25 quid. Um, they look like what you'd get out of a, a toy machine. Like a claw yeah, machine. Yeah, they do. They do, actually. They don't look great at all. <coughs> I mean, it's quite hard. I mean, I get it. You know, you're trying to make a realistic looking animal but you also want it to try and still be a little bit kiddie friendly Timon looks absolutely horrendous doesn't it just yeah why is why is Timon albino for some reason yeah it's very like honestly those meerkat toys you got from compare the market.com oh yeah they look better than that then then those things though just 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 horrendous um but yeah, so you know, they you know, everyone was talking about superhero fatigue. We've had three massive superhero films this year. Um, you know, obviously we've had Endgame, 
Spider-Man Far From Home, and of course, uh, Hellboy. Uh, sorry, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Um, but people were saying, are, are people going to get a bit fatigued with the MCU? Um, it's showing no signs of stopping. No signs of slowing down at all. I think Spider-Man's a good interim character that everyone's still familiar with and is quite happy to see how that journey continues. I think it'd be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. Yeah, when they start to introduce um, newer characters and they're, they're obviously looking to still focus on, certainly from the Disney side of things, um, starting to focus on characters that are not quite as familiar. You know, we saw it worked yeah. really well with Guardians, but... Massively, yeah. You know, they're not all going to be that kind of size. It seems like they're now moving into the, the phase where they're not... The movies are probably still going to be good, but they're also hire, hiring big actors like Keanu Reeves, Angelina Jolie, at least those are the rumours, to try and also bolster the crowds. I don't know. It's, it's, it just seems to be getting into that phase. I think it's it's probably more down to who have they got left. Well, yeah, there is that. I mean, at this stage, I'm disappointed I've not been in a Marvel film. You know, there can't be that many people now in front of me that haven't appeared in, in a Marvel film in some capacity. So, I want Tom Hanks in there. Tom Hanks needs a part in the MCU. Tom really? Hanks was my choice for Doom. Really? Yeah. I think he'd be great Doom? in that role. Really? No. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know who I'd cast Tom Hanks as, actually. Hmm. I'd like to see him as the next uh, the next Jarvis that takes over the, uh, like, maybe for Ironheart or something like that. <laughs> That'd be incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the Alfred. Oh, sorry, that's DC. <gasps> Be gone. Be gone. Watch my mouth out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting what happens. Um, this I'm not gonna I'm not gonna review Spider-Man: Far From Home on here. I might do it on Pop After Dark. God knows what I'm doing with that podcast. I've got no idea. But um, what I will say is, in the same way that Ant-Man and the Wasp was a really nice um, palate cleanser after. Um, Infinity War, this is what this kind of does for Endgame. You know, it, it, it came off of like the biggest superhero film ever. So it had quite a lot of weight, a lot, a lot of baggage it was it was carrying uh, into this film, but it does a really good job of, um, of balancing. So well done to those involved. And Tom Holland still remains the best Peter Parker we've ever seen on screen. Even better than Christopher Daniel Barnes. Bring on the Spider-Verse. Well, again, heard you talking about that. And yeah, give me live action Spider-Man any day. Um, was there any other outside of the part news that anyone had? Nope. Things are definitely slowing down for the summer. But to make up for that, We've gone back to something we was doing and not that we forgot we were doing it, but we were kind of scheduling them for like one a month and I think we lost a few weeks away. Um, and that's your game, Mr. P-Dubs. Yes, my uh, limited time in the park segment. 
Um, so we kind of decided to do it today. So I didn't put a poll out. We just kind of went with with the next park, uh, having done Magic Kingdom and and uh, Epcot. We felt it was a little bit unfair at the moment on Hollywood Studios, seeing as half of it's not open. Um, so we've <laughs> we've gone for Animal Kingdom this time. Um, so anybody want to go first? I'll I'll go first if you don't mind. Then I'm probably gonna slide away. That's okay. Knock yourself out. All right. Remind me what I'm doing then, Paul. One attraction, one meal, and one snack or drink. Right. Okay. Well, I think the, the attraction is got to be Flight of Passage because I've, ra- I've rambled on about it often enough. And I think it's, it's Disney's best ride. It's probably the best theme park ride I've been on. Although, admittedly, I haven't been on every theme park ride. I just think it's, even though I didn't really like Avatar the movie, just forget about Avatar the movie, just enjoy the ride as a, as a standalone thing. And it's just, it's just amazing. The technology's amazing. Didn't try and even figure out how they did what they did, but um, one minute you're in this base and the next minute you're flying on the back of the, um, what do you call them? Banshee. Banshee, right. Thanks, Nick. Uh, Such a fan of the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was I just thought it was stunning. Um, so we're going back in a couple of months and I'm I'm definitely gonna try and get fast passes for that, but I know the fast passes are tough to get. Uh, so that was my ride. Any who's been on it? Any of you guys been on it? Yep. No. I yeah. it's uh Absolutely amazing. I completely agree. Um, one of the best theme park rides out there, but but absolutely sure. I think it's a good shot. Yeah. And then there, there are other great rides in the Animal Kingdom, but I'm not going to mention them. I'll leave those for, for other people who may want to wanna talk about them. So certainly, yeah, I know people talk about Animal Kingdom used to be a half-day park and all of that, but there's still you know three or four or five really good attractions in that park. Uh, so that's that one. And the meal is, well, you haven't got a massive amount of choice in the animal kingdom. So it's got to be Yak and Yeti. And we do like that restaurant. Um, definitely love, there's like a teriyaki salmon, which is fantastic. And there's two desserts. There's a mango pie. and then Oh, that's a, so good. You know, yeah. And that, and My favourite dessert, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's like a key lime pie, but it's mango. This is exactly. a surprise. Spoiler, sorry. And the other one is like a chocolate cake, and I'm not... Yeah, I like chocolate cakes, but usually they're quite boring. But this one is really good. I mean, it's kind of like... It's amazing. Super dense, dark star, you know, black hole material. Um, so I usually then, order the mango pie. <laughs> and Donna always orders the, the chocolate cake but because yep. it's so rich it gets yep. about a quarter of the way through and I'm like oh, bring on the chocolate <laughs> oh. yeah ditto we're, we're the same we usually order one of each <laughs> and then we end up sharing them but I have to share unfortunately uh, and then the snack is again it's um, 
I don't know what it's called, but just it's near it's near Yakin Yeti. It's on that bridge. There's a little um, kind of hut, and in there they sell like um, it's kind of like frozen drinks, but they've got a blue one. It's like a blue raspberry, I think. Mm. Icy drink, and they're really good. They sell them in Hollywood studios and other places as well, but it tastes better in the Animal Kingdom because it always seems much hotter in the Animal Kingdom. So it's really refreshing. And then go and watch DJ Anan do his stuff, strut his stuff. No, I'm, I'm guessing that's what he does because that's what all DJs do nowadays. He's an Indian DJ. Very groovy. Nice. Good choices. Good choices. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Day. Um, anyone want to, to go up next? Go on then, Ryan. What you got for us? So my ride, I, I struggled with this because I was going to go with Flight of Passage because I do think that's one of the best attractions that Disney have done. But I think that Kilimanjaro Safaris is just going to beat it for me just, just because it's an experience like no other um, at a theme park, I think. And also, you know, not only do you get to see some amazing animals, every single time you go on it is different depending on the time of day, depending on what the animals feel like doing. But also it's, it's about 22 minutes long. So you get a lot of bang for your buck by going on Kilimanjaro. I'm a big fan. I will say that I, I'm a big fan of that attraction. Um, it my my choice was a toss up between two, and that was one of them. So you've swayed me into the other one, no matter what P Dub says. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's a very underrated ride. I, I, I hear a lot of people complain about it actually because of the oh, length and because of like, well, you know, Samsung's not doing anything. Well, they're animals. Sometimes yeah. you won't. But to be honest, I mean, even if you don't see a giraffe or even if like the rhinos are laying down, not doing anything, you'll see something on that on that attraction as you go around. A hundred percent. I think it, it's brilliant. And I, I like the length of the attraction. I, I'm one of these people that goes to Animal Kingdom. I obviously love the rides, but I could sit, I could walk around the, tri- the trails and just sit and watch the animals for ages. Um, so I love Kilimanjaro. The only thing is the cast member does really make or break that ride. If you have a, an annoying cast member or someone that's a bit quiet or is is a bit of a stickler for the rules and won't really stop at all, then it can get a bit annoying. But I think overall, it's such a fantastic ride. So it's every, yeah, 22 minutes well spent. And it's nice to sit down and just take in the view of the, the, the fake savannah. It's a shame I've never had a cast member do, you know, being one of the drivers that's ever like said in response to like the radio, uh, like not the not the threats on the radio, but the, you know, the the dialogue that's happening on the radio about what's going on. Um, no one ever turns around and says, "Oh, we'll be sharp sharp baiting that time." Uh, <laughs> but uh, you'd expect the next cast member might get slightly confused on what traction they're doing. But yeah, so far not one that I've heard. Fair enough. Um, what about your food choice? Uh, yak and yeti. Yak and yeti, I think absolutely. It's becoming a theme. Yeah, it's such a. I mean, this. I actually. Um, I actually disagree. I, I think there's a lot of food options in Animal Kingdom and some that I still haven't explored. I was very close to choosing Flame Tree Barbecue, mm-hmm. which is an absolutely brilliant quick service. It's one of the best quick services on property. But 
Yakinetti is it's just got so many great options. Um, you, I usually have the the duck, the half duck, which is really good. But I've also had like a seafood curry there before. I've had um, like a chicken dish there as well, and I usually have a glass of sangria with with my meal there. That's pretty tasty. And finish off with the mango pie, which is almost as good as a key lime pie. <laughs> close, close, but not quite. And what about your snack or beverage? My beverage is it's going to be a beverage and it's going to be the Hawks Grog Ale, which you can get from Pongu Pongu in Pandora. And it's basically green beer. And it's brilliant. I really like it. I know that I know that uh, I think it was Amanda doesn't really like this. Yeah. But, um, you know, she likes Bud Lights. So, yeah, what can you say? not really a beer connoisseur, is she? Bless her cotton socks. But no, I really, really enjoy it. Um, I've been there, turn, I've turned up to the Ponga Ponga at 10 a.m. in the morning before, just expected to get one of the um, spring rolls and ended up getting a pint because they were still, they were serving alcohol at 10. And now every time I'm at Animal Kingdom, I get one at 10. Well, Usually that's when I'm coming off a flight of passage. It's always five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. So yeah, it's a great drink. Obviously it's basically just green beer, but it's a nice beer. And um, a little bit different. I know it's only a colouring thing, but it's a bit different. Yeah. Well, it's, it's gimmicky, but who cares? I'm with you on that. P-dubs, as you chose this one. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm following Ryan with the attraction. The, the safaris is by far and away my favourite attraction, having not been on either of the, the rides in Pandora. Uh, just love it. It's just a nice, relaxing, real-life jungle cruise. Yeah. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with the the fake one, but to have the the real animals is just an extra plus. Um, and I really enjoy it. It's just a a nice, easy way to start the day as well. Yeah. Um, don't have to rush into anything. You can get there, book an early fast pass, or or just queue early on. But um, yeah, it's a nice, nice, easy one to start the day before before the heat gets gets to you and and you have to take a rest. So uh, yeah, definitely going with the the safaris for for my attraction. Uh, the meal, I'm going somewhere really lazy, and I'm going to Flame Cream Barbecue, and I'm having chicken and ribs. Nice, nice, yeah, nice, easy one. Uh, I didn't didn't even really need to think about that one to be honest. It's <laughs> it's never never difficult. It's got the you now can obviously order your food before you get there as well. Um, so it's a, a nice easy nice easy pickup. Um, I don't know why I'm going for the easy things at Animal Kingdom. Maybe it's just because of how hot it gets and and how big the park is. Um, but yeah, and I'm going to. Pongu Pongu as well, but I am going for a run blossom because I like balls in my mouth. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm talking about bobbler balls, not anything else. Um, but yeah, I uh, I want to try that. I'm a I'm a run fan anyway, so I uh, haven't tried it yet, but it's definitely on the list for the for the next time I go to try it, and it, and it looks really good. So. Yeah, they're my, my three. Nice. Fair enough. Um, so my attraction, so I'm going to go with my, my joint 
first attraction, um, as I'd already mentioned, the safaris, um, Expedition Everest. Everyone says that, you know, that the best ride until Pandora was probably Dinosaur. I actually think that's quite overrated. I don't really, I find Dinosaur far too dark. Don't really see what's, you know, enough of what's going on. I think it's a dark ride that takes the term dark ride far too literally. Um, but Expedition Everest was one that I, another one of these ones that I kind of had to conquer a fear of because I'm not great on, on the heights and stuff like that. But I just think it's a good coaster. I think it's got a good, like, good story to it. Um, obviously, the, um, the hairband thing is very annoying, mm. but it is what it is. Um, you know, you can't stop people being idiots. So um, I never got to go on it when the Yeti was working. So I'm only familiar with uh, Disco Yeti, uh, unfortunately. But um, no, I, think, I just think it's a clever ride. I think the, the theming of it is, is really well done. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's a good coaster. And um, yeah, I, I think it, it doesn't get the, the love it used to anymore. And I think that's a bit of a shame. I think uh, it's a really good looking ride. So that's my pick there. Um, for the food choices, I'm going to be very boring and go to Yakinetti as well. And I would go for the vegetable tikka masala because nice. I like a tikka masala. Um, I've had, what have I had there before? I think I had the sesame chicken. Mm, but obviously now I don't eat meat. Um, I've got to go for something different. Um, but yeah. That's a good shout. I think if you are a vegetarian or, or vegan, I think Yakinetti is a good shout. Yeah. They've got such a different range of foods. Um, so I think you'd be all right there. Yeah. Um, and I was going to go, I didn't know what it was called, but I was going to go for the green beer as well. Cause I've not tried one, but um, yeah, I, I like to, to try things that are normal food that are just colored <laughs> a little bit different. So, I would I would go for a green beer. Funny enough, um, Animal Kingdom is where I first had a Mickey ice cream bar. Oh really? Yeah, because it was so hot that day. Like Mister D said, you do. I don't know if it's just because it it is a. Uh, it, or it, is it really more open than other parks? I don't think it is, but it always feels hotter there than it does at other parks. Yeah, it's almost like all the trees make it. But like I don't know, it's in, in your head, but it just makes it. It kind of makes it feel like you're in the middle of a rainforest sometimes, and then you're tricked into walking through like the middle of Harambe, Africa, and you're like, Jesus, it's hot. Yeah, I'm surprised no one went for Kali River Rapids as a as an attraction. Yeah. I'm joking, that ride's awful. Um, but we did get some comments on the Facebook page as well. Yeah. So got, uh, got a few. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, do you, want, do you want to read some out? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so Daniel Livingston, his attraction is Flight of Passage. Um, he's also heading to the Akinyeti, but he's going for the Firecracker Shrimp. Mm-hmm. And his drink, he, he says a cocktail from Nomad Lounge. Um, his choice was Annapurna Zing. Um, somewhere I've not been yet, but definitely on the list as well. Yeah, I have to say, I'm ashamed to a bit that I've not been to Nomad Lounge yet either, but I'm definitely going to check it out this year. 
I think uh, I would have gone uh, for Flight of Passage, actually, but because I've not been on it, I can't just choose that because everyone says yeah. it's great. I think you, it has to be something you've been on. So, yeah. but I can see that one yeah. being popular. Yeah. Uh, Simon as well, he, uh, he says, there's a tough one on the attraction, but he's going for Expedition Everest. Great roller coaster. Pity the Yeti still doesn't work, but Disco Yeti will do. Um, his meal was the cheeseburger pods from, from Pandora. There's a great atmosphere of excellent food. What more do you need? And nice. his his drink or snack basically says anything that will cool him down um, to help with the humidity because Animal Kingdom is the hotter than hell with the heating on fall. There you go. So he, he, he must, there must be something to it. See, I, no, I still think that World Showcase is worse because there is no cover. Yeah. Like if, if you're walking through like shop to shop, you're fine. But food and wine festival season, when you're going booth to booth and there's no cover, it's crazy. And you're queuing up for quite a while as well at those booths. Yeah. 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 Um, so an- another one of our co-hosts, Stuart from uh, Two Tribes and Ego, um, his pick was Avatar Flight Passage. He says, although he's six foot three, overweight, and it took a little bit of wedging myself onto the ride. It was totally worth the queue times. He said he went when it first opened. Uh, it's visually stunning and you get totally immersed into the experience. Um, his meal was um, Rainforest Cafe. Um, and he said he thinks he had the speciality fish plate. It's a, a mix of lots of different flavoured shrimp and scallops. So he said he remembers it being one of the more expensive meals on the on the menu. He said about $30. Um wasn't impressed with the actual restaurant, uh, too dark and could hardly see his food. Um, but he liked the food, of what he, what despite not being able to see it. Was he just tucking into one of the fish from the tanks and didn't realise? Yeah, I think possibly, knowing Stuart, it probably was. <laughs> um, and his drink is the frozen yakisak. Uh, it's just what the doctor ordered on a hot, humid day. So another one saying, saying it's too hot. Um, now, before we go on to the next one, I've only eaten in that Rainforest Cafe. I've never eaten under one at Disney Springs. I didn't find it that dark, but I was sat next to one of those big fish tanks. Mm. And they're quite bright anyway, so I wonder why. But, I mean, I, I would say that is a complaint I, I have with Rainforest Cafe anyway. I've been to the one yeah. in London and the one in um, Disneyland Paris. And, yeah, I find them a little bit dark. In yeah. There. If you're not sat, if you're sat by some of the animatronics, it's pretty dark. Yeah. Mostly because the animatronics are shonky and they probably turn the lights down. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could well be right. Do you know on that? Do you know there's a, a restaurant in London that's completely in the dark? Really? Yeah, it's called. I think it's still around. Um, Dan's Le Noir, and all the servers. All the waiters and waitresses are blind. Wow. And it's in the pitch black. So when you go in there, you tell them, you know, if you've got any food allergies or um, things you don't like and, and everything, and then they create a menu and you just eat in the dark. And then, so you, you've got no idea what you're actually eating because you can't see the food. And uh, at the end of the meal, they then tell you what you've, you've eaten. You're supposed to be like, a glass of wine then. <laughs> It's supposed to be like a really uh, amazing experience because obviously it's all sensory. Yeah. You know, you're, you're relying on your, your taste buds and, 
and you know how foods you know the texture and stuff of food so um yeah it's it's quite interesting but uh i've never given that a go for sure yeah but no animatronics no animatronics so just well, there might be you just can't see touche go on p-dubs so the next one's mark rowan he he's picked the the earliest kilimanjaro safari of the day again because of the heat <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it's just literally everybody's going on a ride because it's too hot or buying a drink because it's too hot. Um, his meal is, he says he still hasn't eaten at the Akinyeti, but he, he really needs to, so whatever's good there. We give you um, some suggestions, so that's good. Yeah, but uh, snack loaded mac and cheese from the snack cart on Discovery Island. Ah, hmm. oh, interesting. So, next one, Steve Wilson. Um, he says it's his favourite park. Um, he said his attraction was a, a toss-up between Flight of Passage or, or the Safaris, and he went with the, the Safaris because he says you see different things at different times of the day. Um, his meal, he's going for the B4 chicken bowl in the Satuli Canteen um, with the blueberry cream cheese mousse as his dessert, um, and then Tusker House for a, uh, for a drink, um, the Tusker Lager, uh, the best lager from Kenya. Mm. Uh, Alan Wheeler it says his favourite park as well um, his favourite attraction is the Lion King show um, he says he hasn't been to Pandora yet um, but he also thought that Dinosaur was a mega thrill ride um, he said they enjoyed their year, meal at Yak and Yeti so, but he can't remember what they ate <laughs> um, just that they enjoyed it um, and his snack was the alcoholic doll whip. Ah, uh, nice. Good choice. And our final one is Matt Field, and he says it was dinosaur when it was counted down to extinction, um, when, when the ride was rough and scary. Uh, failing that, probably Expedition Everest. He says Flight of Passage is good, but Fast Pass Line destroys the queue in normal standby. Um, food, they said uh, pulled pork from Flame Tree Barbecue. Mm, good choice. Um, and he said he would have picked the frozen banana rather than the fact that it looked so wrong. Um, so he's going with the green beer, which also nice. looks, only looks slightly better, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does look a bit weird. Yeah, of course it looks a bit weird. It's green beer. But uh, no, thank you. Thank you for all of those comments. And uh, thank you, Steve, as well, for um, sharing out the podcast. Much appreciated. Um, nothing, that was good. I think Animal Kingdom is can you say it's underrated i suppose in in some ways you can because you do hear it's a lot of people's least favorite of the parks but it's it's my wife's favorite for example as well she loves i think i went into it underestimating it um and hadn't planned for more than a day there um but this time i think we're we're going to do a bit more i think there's a lot to say park yeah I mean, if you, if you want to do the animals, then, uh, you know, if you want to see all the animals that they're to offer, I think it's definitely more of a day park. You know, if you're not fussed about doing all of the trails and like that, you can probably, you know, you can put it into a day. You won't get to see it at the park's got to offer. Yeah, I think that's it. If you look at the list of attractions, it doesn't look like there's a lot to do. Um, but all I mean, great, though. Well, I mean, the thing is... Well, I, most well, I mean, I don't like 
I'm not a massive fan of the Festival of the Lion King. I think it's I think it's a fine show, but I don't. Uh, it's not one of my favourites. But like, I really enjoyed the Finding Nemo musical, mm. and I really didn't like. We went into it just because we knew it was going to be a bit of air conditioning for a little bit, and actually, it's a pretty good show. You know, they spent some money on it, so there's a lot of. Yeah, and as you said as well, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot more you can do with the animals than you you initially realise. There's there's more places that you can go and see animals than you can probably um, yeah. realise at first as well. That walk through after safaris is is really good. Um, yeah, and there's another one in uh, Asia as well. I don't think I've done that one. Yeah, it's good that one. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's it's an underrated park really by a lot of people and there's actually a lot more to do and as we discussed like a lot of good food options yes most of them are at one location um but no i think i think there are some some good variety um there's a good variety of places you can go and eat uh and that's before you even think start thinking about pandora as well which has, has its own kind of uniqueness as well so good um was there anything else from anyone else? No, I think so. Perfect. Then in that case, we will wrap this episode up. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. Um, if you don't already, please like, subscribe, uh, leave us an iTunes review. I don't think we've had a new one for a while. So if you want a shout out, then leave us a good one or a bad one. We read those ones out as well. Um, but leave your name if you can leave a bad one. because we'll openly mock you um and i think we're gonna have a, a new universal after dark uh this week if we can get together and record it i know amanda's desperate to record one um new egos just dropped uh, a new customer's always weird has just come out don't listen to the end of it um and yeah of course thing part trader as well so, yeah, actually, just we um, we just recently did a Animal Kingdom food special a couple of weeks ago, or well, last week maybe. So I think, I think it was last week. I think it was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it all blurs into one. All so many podcasts. That's it, and now you're doing even more with us. So uh, thank you, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Cheerio. Why? Because we like you. Kick it. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.